What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. Bart, how are you on this fine Thursday evening? I'm doing pretty good, Andrew, as usual. Can't complain. Uh, I will say, you know, we have a, a big purchase in our household, which when you're when you're in your 40s, sometimes you get excited about things like new refrigerators. <laughs> our old refrigerator was on the fritz, stopped dispensing water. Then a couple weeks later, the freezer stopped freezing. So we were like, okay, I'm not even going to try to fix this thing. I was going to try to fix the first thing. And then I was like, nope, not happening. New fridge. And let me tell you, it's it's nice having a new fridge. It's 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 nice. I'm jealous. I'm uh, we uh, our ice machine on our fridge has been broken for like multiple years, and <laughs> yep. it's just it's it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, I drink as you know a lot of iced coffee, so yeah. I go through a lot of ice cubes every single day. That's pretty much my main way I get water. Uh, <laughs> but like, it's it's one of those things where it's like. It's an inconvenience, but it's not enough of a reason to get a new refrigerator. So, and you know, even to have someone come out and fix it, like I don't even want to know how much that might cost. Uh, you know, there's probably some way if I was like more of a do-it-yourself kind of a guy, I could probably figure that one out. But instead, we just are going with the old-fashioned uh, make-your-own-ice-cubes <laughs> route, yeah. which uh, at least we we have two trays, so we do a rotation system. Um, but I go through, I would say probably, uh, between my wife takes a few, but it's mostly me. I mean, we, we probably go through three trays, four trays a day of ice cubes. <laughs> I tell you what, so man, I'm, I'm living in luxury right now. I've got the little tray with the big cubes. I got a tray with little cubes. I'm not trying to make you jealous. I'm just saying like, you know, you need to step up your ice cube game. Oh man. I love those giant ice cubes that you like, you know, pour some whiskey in or something. Oh yeah. Ugh. I actually still do have one of those, like like a little silicone tray, and I've got one that my wife gave me that makes a little circle, like a big ball. Yeah, got to get with those too. <laughs> well, you said in your forties, and it made me think. You know, I've been watching Mad Men, and uh, and like the I just saw the episode where Don Draper turns forty, and I'm just like, man, he's forty. He, like <laughs> he just seems like I don't know. I know they say people like aged faster back then, but I'm just like this guy. Even though he's like a total mess, he just seems more adult than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like more adult and less adult simultaneously, if that makes yeah, sense. But like, I, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's move on to some football talk. Um, yeah, let's do it. So on Monday, we did a run through the AFC looking at uh, each team, sort of a check in, as we call it. Uh, we have our first set of rankings up at rsrankings.com. So that's kind of the driver for doing these football pods in a sea of uh, peak baseball season, I guess you could say. We're. We were doing a bunch of baseball content, and we'll be going back to that next week. But um, today we're going to do the NFC. We're going to do a check-in uh, with all of the teams of the NFC. And we will start off, as we always do, uh, geographically with the East, the NFC East. Uh, and we'll start with the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm looking through my notes here, and it sounds like you are quite high on Michael Gallup this season. Yeah, I am. Well, I was versus the ECR, which base, barely has him as a top 50 wide receiver, which, you know, with Amari Cooper gone, obviously CeeDee Lamb is the number one there. And, uh, you know, Dalton Schultz is a good good fantasy tight end. He's currently, I think, still kind of hasn't shown up to minicamp. Like, he wants to get a new deal worked out. Um, but, they you know, they franchise tagged him. We'll see what happens there. But, yeah, they brought in James Washington. But Michael Gallup, um, I believe he's coming off coming off an injury, right? And which is probably ACL. Making, 
yeah, which is making his value a bit low. But I just see, you know, we've talked about ACLs. We've talked about Achilles and some of these things. Like, if he's relatively healthy to start the season, um, even if he's, like, slow to move along, I expect him to be back this year. And I've got him as my wide receiver 26, which, yeah, pretty high. So I see him almost as, like, a wide receiver too. Yeah, yeah. I Well, you know I'm a Jalen Tolbert guy, and you didn't even mention him, I don't think, did you? <laughs> I, I didn't bring him up, now. Yeah, so I think he needs to be discussed because uh, I'm a little higher on him. I mean, I'm not higher on him than I am on Gallup, but right. uh, that's sort of reducing my enthusiasm for Gallup a little bit, especially because he is coming off that injury. And I don't think he's like a slam dunk to be active in week one right now. That's the thing. So, um, like... It's in the range of possibilities, in my opinion, that he starts the season on the pop list. Um, yeah. And if that's the case, that's going to give Jalen Tolbert a, an opportunity to kind of establish himself and earn Dak Prescott's trust uh, as a rookie. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying because I, I like Michael Gallup. He's a player I've rostered in the past. Just um, this guy that, like, can kind of – approach wide receiver three value and then if there were injuries above him on the depth chart to cooper or lamb then he could vault into like must start status you know um so even when even before cooper left i i did like rostering Gallup, and i certainly would take the discount on him now um i just think we it's one of those things where we need to see the health reports once training camp starts and get a feel for whether he'll be ready right away i mean i mean i think he could have a great year if he's healthy um but I also think that Tolbert could potentially challenge him as the uh, second option behind Lamb if, if uh, he's as good as I think he might be. Yeah, and especially if, like you said, if, if Gallup does start the year on the pup. So I would say if, if we find out that Gallup does start the year on the pup, I would probably drop him down more into the wide receiver 40 or even 50 range. So maybe that's the difference in the ECR there, and I'm being a little bit more optimistic, and I'm projecting health. So... We'll see. Either I'm going to move them down or other people are going to move them up. So we'll see. Yeah, I think with a lot of rankers, people just sort of, um, if a player's health is in question, they kind of just stash them somewhere lower for a while yeah. and yeah. while they wait to see. So, yeah, that, that, that gap I'm sure will narrow um, as uh, one way or the other, depending on his health. Yeah. Um, well, what do you think about Zeke? I mean, obviously, can't talk about the Cowboys without talking about Zeke. And I think all of the off-season buzz, I think you might have even spoken about it in the Fantasy Pros uh, Dynasty podcast, talking about Tony Pollard. And for good reason. I mean, the guy's a very dynamic player. He's a lot more exciting than Zeke at this point in their careers. Um, but, like, Zeke's a, Zeke was a top-10 fantasy running back last year, and more often than not, he is. I just wonder, like, in my notes I wrote, is he a value in round two? And then it, it turns out his ADP, for whatever that's worth, is actually round three right now. So if he's falling to round three in drafts, in August, I think he's definitely a value. And I and I don't think a lot of people are going to be that excited to take him, but I certainly would. I mean, <laughs> I'll take him. Maybe it's old man bias or something. Not that he's old, but I sure am, talking about refrigerators um, <laughs> and getting excited. But, yeah, yeah, I think Zeke could be a value in round three. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I don't I don't disagree on that, really. Uh, I just – I'm more enthusiastic about Tony Pollard as a value. Um, I think they're both – I think they actually both could be good values. Um but Pollard yeah, is going barely inside the top 90 picks. Um, so, you know, I feel like because he was one of the most efficient running backs in the entire league last year. And I do still expect Zeke to get more work than him. But, um, I mean, you know, I would expect the distribution to be fairly similar to last year. I'm not expecting any sort of 
major shift or anything like that. But I do think it could, if anything, edge a little more in Pollard's direction. And I also think Pollard can score some more touchdowns than he did last season. He only had two last year. So yeah. I think Pollard, uh, and he was the RB30 even with his limited role and missing a couple games as well. So um, I like Pollard a lot as a value. I, I like Zeke too, though. I mean, it's just a great situation. I, I don't think he's as you know, the player that he once was like when I watch him, he doesn't have that same level of explosiveness. Uh, and I don't expect that to come back, but it doesn't really matter when he's getting the kind of, uh, red zone usage that he's getting in, in an offense that's going to score a ton of points. So I think he's a great bet to score a lot, uh, double digit touchdowns again this year. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with get with him as a, uh, a value pick in the third round. Yeah. Especially like, I mean, I'm in a league with, uh, I've got a couple Eagles fans, got a couple Washington fans, I've got a Giants fan. We've got a lot of NFC East in this in like my home, my home league, and uh, no Cowboys fans. So in a league like that, he's definitely going to be a value because I feel like people even more so are kind of like I don't want to take Zeke. He's boring and he's a Cowboy. I just think I I like to let the draft come to me. I I I draft based on value pretty much regardless. Like if some if somebody's a value, I'll take them even if they're not like one of my guys. And I just envisioned Zeke being one of those guys who just falls into the third round. And I'll be like, sure, I'll take him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's going after Josh Jacobs right now. And I, I think I would prefer Zeke in, yeah. that, in that discussion. Yeah. You know, I think when you talk – and Antonio Gibson, too. I would take him over him for sure. I yeah. think when you get to talking about guys like Cam Akers and Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, those kind of guys, I there I might lean those guys over uh, over Zeke. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, that's a probably a good discussion. I have. I think if you look at our rankings over at rosrankings.com, we have them kind of in that similar similar area. Yep. Uh, so let's move on to the Giants. Um, this is a team that I feel like is always. It seems like every year there's hype around the Giants, and then it just Why? blows up and doesn't work <laughs> out at all. Especially around Saquon Barkley. I mean, every year people are expecting huge things from Saquon Barkley. And every year he gets hurt. Every year something goes wrong. Um, you could say it's fluky, but how many times does it have to happen before it's not considered a fluke anymore? I mean, do you do you <laughs> think more. that Saquon is uh, you know worth the risk of taking in the second round of a fantasy draft given his injury history? I don't think so. And I was kind of joking, saying like one more, right? That's the hope, right? It's like every, you're right. Every year, it's like no, nah, he'll be healthy this year, and then. And then he isn't. I mean, I think last year he was, I want to say he was relatively healthy and just bad when he played. Uh, I'll have to look at his stats. I'm, I may be misremembering it. No, yeah. yeah, he wasn't very good. I mean, he played 13 games last year. Right, um, and was just bad when he was in there, you know, just not productive in this offense. So the offense might look a little different, right? You got Brian Dabble there. Um, and, I mean, I would... I'm kind of hoping Daniel Jones is a little bit better. I've got him in that new that dynasty league that I'm in with you now. Uh, whoever was in there before me had had some love for guys like Daniel Jones and Sterling Shepard. Sterling, Sterling Shepard, who I traded away, by the way, because I'm kind of not a believer and I wanted to get my team a little bit younger. I do worry about him kind of coming off that Achilles. Uh, I think the latest update on him was he was jogging a little bit, or, or yogging as I think it might be pronounced. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's... I don't know that he's going to be very explosive or, or productive this year. I don't have a lot of faith there. But, I mean, back to Saquon. Now, I, I think round two is a little bit rich for my blood. I think I would take him in that Zeke range, like in the round in round three maybe. 
Yeah, and I, I think I might even prefer Zeke. I, the hype is definitely growing, though, with Saquon. I'm just looking, judging by my Twitter feed, we're, <laughs> we're doing this again. Uh, you know, and I'm, I was out on him last year uh, for these exact same reasons. I'm going to be out on him again. But you raise a good point about the efficiency. I mean, uh, he only he never averaged more than five yards per carry in a game last season. Uh, he mm. had one game where he rushed for over 60 yards, and it was in week 16. So <laughs> if you got somehow got to the, you know, fantasy, I guess that would have been the uh, – is that the that would be the, the semifinals now, not the finals? Yeah. Yep. So you get to the semifinals with Saquon, then you were happy, I guess. But how many people <laughs> that had Saquon got to the semifinals? Probably I not know, too right? many. Um, so yeah, I I agree about the point, not just the injury history, but also just the state of this offense. I mean, that's another thing. It's like you can talk yourself into it. You can talk yourself into it. this is the year that Dan, Daniel Jones is finally going to break out. This is. The year Kadarius Tony is going to go wild on the league, and Kenny Galladay is going to stay healthy, and you know <laughs> Shepard is going to make a comeback, and all that. You, you know, I just all, the odds are kind of against all of these things. You know, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I Tony is the one guy I guess maybe you can talk yourself into a little bit, um, but even there, I, I don't know. I'd have to look at like where he's going in terms of uh, ADP, uh, and it's kind of hard to get a feel for that right now because we're so far from uh, the start of the season. I mean, a lot of the ADP data is based on best ball leagues, which maybe a guy like Tony lends himself to because he could be very boomer bust, you know? So maybe um, he's having, he'll have some huge weeks that can help you in best ball, but I don't know if he's going to be a consistent week to week performer. No. And I'm not, I'm not getting too excited about any giants. Even, even Tony, I see you have him ranked almost inside your one top 100 overall, but he he looks like he's a little bit further down for me. He's at 142, and yeah, I don't I don't have many giants very high. I think the Saquon argue or you know discussion is probably the most interesting one to have, right? Because at least he's going to be a high draft pick. But yeah, I don't think I don't think I'll be I'll be drafting him, especially based on he'll probably go in round two. I mean, there will be even some people depending on if if he's healthy, there will be leagues where he goes in round, at the end of round one because mm-hmm. of the name and the the hope, right? Yeah. I guess the reason I, I mean, I have Saquon 105th overall, so not not too high um, at all, really. Um, I would say that's lower than consensus, but I do think that he's the, uh, you know, he's the top receiver on that team, I would say, just because uh, I don't, it's hard to have much faith at all in Kenny Galladay at this point, and like you said, Shepard is coming off an injury, so um, I would say Tony, he was good uh, at, at times last season. So he's the only, if you, if you are going to get excited about someone, I would much rather take Tony at cost than Saquon at cost. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's move on to the Eagles. Um, so this is an interesting team. I mean, they brought in AJ Brown. Uh, that's huge. And you are, it looks like are kind of fading Jalen hurts uh, this year. I'm not really with you on that one. So why don't you tell me your <laughs> reasoning there? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm fading him based on, you know, his current ECR is QB seven and I have him all the way down at QB 12. So I still have him as, you know, draftable, but probably not by me. Right. Based on that. Right. Um, you know, he, he was, it looks like he was, he was barely a, a top 10 quarterback last year, but he was, he was up there, but like, I mean, his QB rating was like 87, which was <laughs> really bad among some of the top quarterbacks. I mean, I just, I don't believe that he's that good of a quarterback. Um, now will he be the Eagles quarterback all year? Probably. Um, but I mean, there's a chance he's not, 
I guess. And like, I, I guess I just, I guess I just look at him as like QB seven is just really high for me. Like if I ranked him where I really thought he should be, like if I was the Eagles coach, I think I would have him even lower <laughs> than QB 12, to be honest. Um, so I'm kind of ranking him like, okay, he needs to be in the discussion. You know, he can get, he can get a lot of, a lot of points with his legs. Like he had 784 rushing yards last year, 10 rushing touchdowns. Like that's impressive. And like, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a running back right there and a quarterback, uh, with his, with his QB numbers. But I don't know. I'm just, I guess I'm just not believing in him as a passer. Uh, I do think AJ Brown will help him. Um, but you know, 16 passing touchdowns to nine interceptions isn't a whole lot to get excited about on the passing side. Yeah, but it was enough for him to be the number six quarterback last season. You know, I mean, he he was tied with Aaron Rodgers in fantasy points per game. Uh, but he was ahead of Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson in points per game last season. You, you know, I was actually uh, fading him last year because I was worried he could get benched last yeah. season. And I don't have that concern this season. I, I do agree with you from a dynasty perspective because I think if he doesn't play well this season that they um, will have the resources next year to go out and get an, a, a new quarterback of the future um, so I don't this is kind of like the the final audition I feel like for Jalen Hurts but because it's that final audition I think he will get the full season to prove himself and I think his rushing ability just makes him an automatic quarterback one and really a fairly high-end one I mean I just think he's right there to me with uh, the other running quarterbacks, you know, with Lamar Jackson, with uh, Kyler Murray. And honestly, I I think I prefer him over Murray because uh, Murray's going to have DeAndre Hopkins out for the first six weeks. And conversely, you know, Jalen Hurts is going to have A.J. Brown now. <laughs> so that's like a big swing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, like, I feel like Kyler Murray is kind of a – we'll talk about the, the Cardinals in a little bit, but he's kind of an injury risk more than Jalen Hurts, at least so far in their careers. So um, I actually have Hurts just ahead of Murray. Uh, you know, Jackson I have a little bit ahead, but uh, I, I don't know. I, to me, he certainly belongs right in the discussion with those other two guys. Yeah, I mean, the rushing, like like I mentioned, like you just mentioned, I mean, you're right. It does put him in the QB1 conversation just with that. I mean, it gives him a nice floor um, as long as he's healthy. Like, he's probably in that discussion. I just – I see him sort of toward the end of that discussion rather than the beginning. And I don't know. Again, with QBs, you're probably similar, I'm guessing. But, like, I don't draft a QB that highly anyway. So, like, if he's going at QB7, I'm not getting Jalen Hurts in any league. Like, he's my overall 108th player right you have him more a little bit higher than that but uh, i have most of my qbs you know pretty low and as ecr probably will in general like people are going late round quarterback a little bit more and more but yeah hurts mm-hmm. is a not not a guy who i'm targeting kind of in the middle rounds that's fair i i just think that um i don't know with quarterbacks i to me there is like a very clear top 12 quarterbacks this season um you know depending on how you feel about trey lance and Derek carr i guess but um and Deshaun Watson, but I, it's looking more and more like Deshaun Watson is not going to be someone people can count on. So uh, to me, it's there is a pretty clear top 12, and Hurts definitely belongs in that. And uh, 
if anyone slips out of that top 12 to me, it might be Rodgers. Um, and we'll talk <laughs> yeah. about the Packers in a bit as well. But um, other, what about the pass catchers there? I mean, do, how big a downgrade do you think it is for AJ Brown? Have, I know you sound you sound like you're not <laughs> very confident in Jalen Hurts as a passer, and that's understandable. I mean, I I certainly believe Ryan Tannehill is a better pass pure passer uh, at this stage of their respective careers than Jalen Hurts. But do you think that matters for a guy like AJ Brown in particular? Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. We were talking about AJ Brown a little bit on the last episode, I think. And, you know, he's a guy that can get your quarterback a couple extra touchdowns just by sheer brute force. Because A.J. Brown will just, like, run over people, carry def- carry defenders in with into the end zone with him. So he'll get you a couple of those uh, as well. But, yeah, like I said, 16 passing touchdowns for Jalen Hurts last year. Um, some of those are going to go to Devontae Smith. Uh, you know, maybe he'll improve. Maybe he'll have 20 touchdowns or 22. But... Yeah, it doesn't make. I definitely downgrade AJ Brown quite quite a bit with the move, as I'm sure most people do. He's my overall like 32nd player, so he probably would have been, you know, more of like a, a round two guy, and I see him as more of a round three uh, overall, you know, player if you're looking at redraft. So yeah, I downgraded him with the move. Uh, like I said, not not super excited about Jalen Hurts's passing ability. Yeah, that's certainly understandable. I, I'm a little more bullish on Brown than you. I have him at 24 um, overall. I just feel like he's got the kind of skill set that, like, kind of can work with a less precise quarterback. Um, also, Tannehill's play kind of went downhill a little bit, and Brown still. Uh, to me, Brown, it's just, you know, it's mostly a health thing with him. I think when he yeah. when he's healthy, he's kind of an unstoppable force, and he can make <laughs> his quarterback look a lot better. I, I think um, it's a downgrade, but to me it's not a huge downgrade. I think um, – I'm more concerned with Devonta Smith. I've, I don't think there's going to be enough volume to really go around in this passing attack. It's probably not great news for Dallas Goddard either. Um, you know, I still think Goddard is a, is a top 12 tight end, but it certainly takes away his like top five kind of appeal. Yeah, we've got Devonta Smith ranked around guys like Gabriel Davis, who we talked about on the last episode, uh, and even a rookie like Drake London. So I think he's kind of in the conversation if you're if you're talking about who would you rather have. And I think I'd rather have Gabriel Davis uh, than Devontae Smith. And I'm seeing, I'm looking at my ranking, and I'm like, ooh, I ranked Devontae Smith higher. I need to reconsider that because after we talked about Davis, I'm like, I think he's the clear number two in that offense and you yeah. know, has a better quarterback thrown to him. So um, those, are, those are some of the things I'm going to consider as we do our next round of rankings probably and start looking at these decisions. Yeah, I think I handled the, my rankings of the Eagles um, pass catchers kind of like I did with the Dolphins bringing in Tyreek Hill. Like I downgraded – Hill some, but not a ton. Mm-hmm. I downgrade AJ Brown some, but not a ton. And it was more the other guys that I downgraded more significantly because I just think when they when you go out and make one of these huge moves and pay these guys this astronomical amount to be your alpha receiver, like it's gonna mean a lot less volume for those other secondary options. Um, let's move on to the Washington Commanders. Um, you know, this team is kind of a mess. Uh, <laughs> they are. I think we, we should probably start out by talking about Antonio Gibson because it just seems like it's always drama with Antonio Gibson. It's always fantasy managers wish casting that he's going to be a three down back and it never really happens. Uh, it looked for a moment there like J.D. McKissick might be out the door, but no, he's back. <laughs> and then they also draft Brian Robinson, who has a pretty uh, – 
solid three down skill set. Honestly, he could factor in in any aspect of the uh, of the offense that they want him to, whether it be catching passes or uh, you know working between the twenties or working at the goal line. Like, there's nothing he can't do if they want to go in like a three man committee kind of situation. So. I'm pretty worried about Gibson at this point. Um, do you share my concerns? I do not, and I'm looking at our rankings of them, and uh, I actually have Antonio Gibson as kind of a end-of-the-second-round player, and you've got him a couple rounds later, so we definitely have a little bit of a rankings dispute here. Um, I, don't see, I don't see Robinson as much of a threat in year one. Um, they still have Jarrett Patterson there as well. I don't know, I don't know if you mentioned him, um, but like McKissick— I think he's, he's probably not even going to make the team at this point. It's possible. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah, J.D. McKissick, you know, they, they brought him back. He's going to catch passes. Um, but, you know, he was there last year, and, and Antonio Gibson played 16 games and was a top 12 running back. So I, I look for him to do the same or or even improve. Like, I, this is this is a this is a pretty run-heavy offense. They have Carson Wentz coming in. I don't see him as improving the passing game <laughs> very much. So I think, they'll, I think they'll run the ball. I think they'll play some boring football. I think the defense is pretty solid. Um, yeah, I – I just I don't have the same concerns about Gibson. I, I think the volume will mostly be there. I'm not like I said, I'm not too worried about a rookie and Robinson. They didn't they didn't invest like I mean, I guess they, they invested a higher draft capital than I thought they should have. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not t- not typically too worried about rookies uh, with that low draft capital year one. Well, what, what round was Antonio Gibson drafted in? Mm, I do not know off third the top of my round. Head. Third round. Yeah, you know, I, I it's not that different, <laughs> and he yeah. averaged four yards per carry last season. I mean, like that's not very good. Uh, I I don't know. We'll have to see. I I just think that uh, Ron Rivera is not the he's not Mike Tomlin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he has any sort of. Um, he's never really shown any sort of desire to feature Antonio Gibson. It's more just sort of. It's always been a committee even before with McKissick, and now I just think it could become even more of a committee. So. Um, your points taken, I mean, Gibson did, uh, he did score a lot of fantasy points last season. Um, but I don't know. I think this is going to be a bad offense and, uh, and you know, I think it could be a situation where the the carries get mixed, uh, get split up. I mean, on a point per game basis last year, Antonio Gibson was only the RB 19. So, um, in half PPR. So I, you know, I, I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll, dis- we'll agree to disagree on that one for now, but it's only it's only June, so we have plenty of time to find common ground. I mean, or disagree more. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you think, though, about this offense as a whole? I mean, isn't it kind of going to be a train wreck? I mean, is Carson Wentz going to come in here and solve this team's problems? I mean, I, I feel like Terry McLaurin is like the new <laughs> Allen Robinson, just having to deal with bad quarterback play all the time. Isn't this team always a train wreck? I mean, it's not. It's obviously not just on the field. It's, it's off the field uh, yeah. with Washington. I mean... Honestly, like I used to be a Washington fan, and I think I've told you, like the older I get, the less I have like this strong fandom for any team. Honestly, like, and with fantasy football, I've become so much more a fan of like all teams because, or, you know, not not like I root for every team, but you know what I mean. Like, you root for your guys in fantasy. No, I know but, you're a Fairweather fan. It's okay. No, I'm I'm done with Washington. <laughs> I know. Man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm done with Washington as long as Dan Snyder's the the owner there. I, I the all the stuff with changing the name and all like I just. There's there's the there's the scandal going on now. It's enough. Like I'm like I, I'm just I'm done with Washington. But anyway, they should have um, just stuck with fo- the football team. I thought. But, I agree. I, I agree. Like I was, you know, I, I liked the football team. I even had a I even had a shirt. 
Still yeah, do. it was. There's something like a little tongue in cheek about it I, that I enjoyed, but apparently they didn't get their own joke. So yeah, I thought it was. A, I, I honestly thought it was a nice classic look too. Um, but anyway, yeah. yeah, I don't think Carson Wentz is coming in to save the day. This offense is always pretty much a mess. That's why I said like I think that they'll kind of stick to trying to grind out games, try to rely on their defense. I think they'll run the ball. That's why I kind of like I kind of believe in Antonio Gibson. Of course, it'll be a committee, but like every. Almost every backfield is a committee now, you know, so you can find value and find the lead guy in a committee for a run heavy team. And I think that's what Washington will be. Well, what do you think about McLaurin, though? I mean, is he like, can he be a wide receiver too, or is he more like a wide receiver three in this offense? Yeah, I'd have to look and see how, how I have him ranked. I'm definitely not that excited about him, but he's so good that I think he can be a wide receiver too. Um, I think he'll get open. I think Wentz is. I don't know. I guess I could call him serviceable. Like he's not the worst quarterback in the league, um, but I'm not definitely. He's definitely not an upgrade over. Like I would have been excited if it was Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> thrown to Terry McLaurin. You know, of course he retired and, and was was hurt last year. But yeah, McLaurin. I think he can be a wide receiver too. But I'm not going to be. He's not a guy that I'm that excited to to draft. He might be a guy you know in dynasty that might be worth trying to buy low on a team that's ready to win now and might want a guy like a. I don't know, a DeAndre Hopkins uh, or someone, and maybe try to buy buy Terry McLaurin. Although that's not going to help you win now, right? With uh, well, with Hopkins yeah. being out the first six weeks. <laughs> well, wait wait till week seven and then trade for Terry McLaurin. Right, right. <laughs> I do see we have him basically back-to-back with DJ Moore. I think that's a pretty apt comparison. Um, I do have yeah. McLaurin a little bit ahead of where you have him and a little ahead of Moore. And I think it's – I don't know. I guess um, – I, like Carson Wentz is not a good quarterback, but he's also not a cautious quarterback, which sometimes can help receivers a little bit. Because I don't, I don't think he's going to, uh, you know, be afraid to throw the ball into tight coverage to Terry McLaurin. He's going to get a lot of targets uh, in this offense. Yeah. I, I just, I think it pretty much negates the appeal of any other pass catchers, though. I mean, it's not good news for Logan Thomas. Um, Jahan Dotson's an interesting rookie, but. He's a dynasty guy. I don't think he's a redraft consideration this year. Curtis Samuel is always disappointing anyway, so I don't think that's a guy that you need to be uh, banking on this season. I think I think targets is the key, like you said. I think this is a pretty narrow, uh, you know, tree, uh, as they say, you know, uh, route tree, or what am I thinking of? Anyway, Terry McLaurin should be the number one guy easily, like by far on this team. Like you just mentioned, like the rookies and guy. I don't even think you mentioned like Diami Brown. Like there are guys on this team, but like who? <laughs> Who's going to get targets? Like it's going to be Terry McLaurin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the NFC North, uh, and let's start with the Bears. Um, you know, the Bears are such a disappointment for anyone that's invested in Justin Fields because they just. They just didn't really hey. do much to. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I know. <laughs> you, well, you must know firsthand, right? Since you're an you're a Justin Fields uh, manager in our dynasty league. I mean, he they just didn't bring, surround him with any additional weapons to get excited about this season. Do you disagree? I know. No, I, I don't. I don't disagree. And you know, I, I inherited that team as I've mentioned, but I, I, I do like his long term outlook. You know, but like for this year, I don't know. I mean, Darnell Mooney is. He he was the clear number one receiver on the team last year. I believe I have to pull him up. I'm pretty sure he had over a thousand yards, clear target. You know, number of targets on the team. Um, but so kind of similar to Terry McLaurin, I think like Darnell Mooney is a guy who you can draft as a definitely a wide receiver three, maybe a wide receiver two. I think he's he'll be 
he'll get that volume. And, you know, I don't know who else for the Bears. Like, they drafted Vilas Jones, who's like a 25-year-old rookie and mostly a special teams guy. Like, I'm not excited about him. I'm not really excited about any of the receivers. on the. T- I guess, if anyone, I might be excited about Cole Komet maybe having a potential breakout year. He's a young tight end, and, like, he could be, like, a top 12 tight end potentially, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that you just see the amount of opportunity that he has given the the sorry state of their receiver core and I mean I like Mooney but he he's not going to be mistaken for a number one receiver you know he he should be a number two or number three receiver on a good team but on the Bears he's going to be clearly their number one guy because the you know Ellis Jones and Byron Pringle are not uh, not much competition (laughs) um so yeah I mean I think Komet you, you know with tight ends just getting targets is is rare at that position. So I absolutely think he's a he's one of those like sleepers who might not get drafted as like a top twelve tight end, but could definitely finish in the top twelve or top even top ten, I would I would say. And I think he'll I think Komet will be good in like a PPR league, to be honest, like versus a standard league. I don't know that the Bears are gonna be near the end zone enough. They're, you know, if you're if you're relying on a tight end in a standard league, you're wanting a guy who can get you double digit touchdowns. And I think Komet will be the guy who might actually get six or seven targets every game. And I think that's what you want in a PPR league, right? Out of a tight yeah. end. Yeah. He's not like he's not my like number one favorite tight end sleeper, but he's definitely in my on my short list, I would say. Yeah. Uh so moving on to the Lions. Um so you you're a big Jamal Williams fan, so why don't you tell <laughs> us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I just think he's a little underrated and so far, you know. Swift is, you know, he's had he hasn't been in the league very long, but he's dealt with some injuries. Uh, you know, this year it's like, all right, this is the year he's going to be healthy, he's going to be great. Um, he's a good pass catcher, um, but I think Jamal Williams, even in his Green Green Bay days, I feel like he was underrated, and I just, I mean, underrated from a fantasy perspective. He's a guy who, if you're zero RB and you even miss out on some of these Tony, Tony Pollard types, I feel like you can you can get a Jamal Williams late in drafts, like. He'll be one of those guys who you can get like in the double digit rounds, but I think he'll be in a 60 40 type split um, for a team who is going to be biting kneecaps and trying to grind it out <laughs> with Dan Campbell up there. Um, I don't think Jared Goff is the type who's going to sling it around downfield and just do all. Like, I think Jamal Williams will get plenty of touches. Um, I'd have to look at his game log last year, but just year after year, I just feel like he's perennial, perennially underrated and i think he's a serviceable guy who can get you some fantasy points and if you're in a pinch okay i i I, uh i'm i'm kind of a craig reynolds stan so i I mean i think i do think jamal williams will be ahead of him on the depth chart early in the season for sure um but you know i mean jamal williams was like the rb 44 last year in points per game so um you know i don't know i'm not sure i see him as a real needle mover I, i'm not suggesting people need to draft craig reynolds in a in a standard <laughs> redraft league but i have him stashed in dynasty and um i don't know he sort of he, he was great he graded very highly last year but according to pff for his rushing grade uh, so he was really good when he got an opportunity he kind of reminds me a little bit of dearness johnson with the browns like these guys just need a chance if you if they get a chance i think they can make some noise i'm not sure Jamal Williams is, is that kind of a player anymore at this stage of his career. I think he's just kind of – he's a guy that knows the system. He knows where to be, and he's not going to make mistakes, and he'll get what's blocked and, uh, you know, has some pass-catching ability. But um, I think you're a little little more bullish on him than I am. 
Yeah, um, he's he's still he's still just twenty seven years old, which is getting up that's there. That's ancient back. for running back. Yeah, <laughs> it's getting up there a little bit in running back years. But I'm just looking at his game log from last year, and you know he he had double digit rushing attempts in like like eight or nine games. I mean, like he got a lot of he got a lot of volume uh, in this in this offense. So again, he's not a flashy guy. It it, it almost reminds me of our Zeke conversation. Like no one's going to want to draft Zeke in the first couple rounds, so you you take him. Jamal Williams is that guy who no one's going to want to draft in the first 10 rounds probably. And I think he's just like a value. Um, and he's a DeAndre Swift injury away from probably having a lot more value. But I think he's had value even with, with Swift in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it may, you could make an argument that like the whole Lions team is maybe a little bit underrated for fantasy because I don't think there's anyone on this team that people are like, right. super excited to draft. I mean, Swift is obviously – highly regarded but i don't think people understand quite how much upside he has i mean i I, no offense to jamal williams but i think i think (laughs) swift could this could be a year where he really breaks out i mean he we could be looking at him as like you know austin eckler or alvin kamara type player after this season i think that's definitely possible yeah we could be i i I do think some people are probably excited to draft amon ross st brown after the year he had you know he was he was like a top 25 player and he basically didn't even start till like what midway through the season. So he did, he got a lot of his production, uh, in, in very few, very few actual games. Like he played every game, but he didn't, you know, as a rookie, he really ramped up later. So he's a guy who I feel like was probably a waiver wired, you know, superstar and won a lot of people fantasy championships or at least got him there. So is that is at least how I remember Amon Rice St. Brown. So I think a lot of people are going to Maybe get grab him him in the middle rounds, and and I think Jamison Williams is probably, you know, not gonna be be ready for week one. So yeah, he's, he's a he's a guy who uh, St. Brown who could have some value in Detroit too. Yeah, although you actually raise an interesting point. I he might actually, in my opinion, he might be actually a little overvalued because I'm I'm not really in on Amon Ross St. Brown. I I think that he's, uh, you know, he's a possession receiver. You know, I don't think he has that much upside and um even last year if you look at it i mean he was only the wide receiver 30 in in fantasy points per game uh in half ppr um you know maybe a little bit better in full ppr but uh he's going right now as the 20th receiver off the board um Mm -hmm. and that's that's kind of weird to me because um like I said before, most drafts that have happened so far, it's a lot of like best ball kind of drafts. And I think he's particularly unappealing in that format. Cause I don't think he has the upside to have the like giant boom weeks. You know, I think he's more of like a, a slow and steady kind of a performer. So um, yeah, I don't know. I'm probably going to be out on, on Ross St. Brown this season, just because I feel like he's being drafted pretty close to his ceiling. If he's being drafted as the wide receiver 20, I mean, I don't th- I don't really see a world where he finishes much higher than that. Well, you mentioned like his points per game, but take a go back and take a look at his last 6 games of the year where he, <laughs> you know, had double digit targets in every single game. He had uh at least 73 receiving yards in every game, had a touchdown in every game except for one. So, he he was he was really tearing it up at the end of the season. So, I think a lot of people probably will remember that. But you might be right. Like that might be inflating his value, right, to where to the point where he's not a value anymore. Yeah, I mean so. he's a he's not that big. He's a fourth round. He was yeah. a fourth round pick. You know, I guys have hot stretches, but yeah, I don't know. It's I guess you're right. I mean, he finished the season so strong that that that's going to be fresh in people's minds. But yeah. I mean, I I think that th- that probably had a lot to do with 
just the game flow in those particular games. I mean, just it, it was kind of, and they had no one left at that point too. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, let's be honest. They, I, I think, um, yeah, your point is well taken about Jamison Williams, but I do, it, you know, I just saw the video of their war room reacting when they were able to draft him and they were extremely excited. I, I think he's the guy that they envision ultimately being the alpha in this passing game once he's healthy. Well, I think uh, we spend a little too much time on the Lions. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, I spent four years in college in Michigan, so you get me started, you know. Uh, how about the Packers? That's a team we could easily spend a long time talking about. We could. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think the big question, of course, is like Devontae Adams is gone. What does that mean? And uh, for me, what it means is I think that both of their running backs – could be good values because um, I just think they're going to have to lean on them more. Um, I think they'll lean on Aaron Jones more as a pass catching back, which they sort of were already doing last year anyway. And I think that that means AJ Dillon's going to be the battering ram between the tackles, getting you know fifteen to twenty carries every week, and probably more in later in the season as it gets cold and nasty outside. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, so I like both of the running backs. The, the the pass catchers is kind of a mess, though. I mean, I think you and I both might kind of like Robert Tunyon a little bit because uh, just by default, like, <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. need someone to catch passes, and Rodgers does trust him, you know. So uh, I, I, have a, I have a hard time really buying into any of their wide receivers. Uh, I think Alan Lazard is maybe the one guy, depending on – what is AD, where his ADP settles, but I do think Rodgers has a lot of trust for him as well. So if I had to pick one of their receivers this season, I think I'd go with Lazard. I just I think it could be a bumpy uh, transition to the NFL for Christian Watson. Um, Sammy Watkins has just always disappointed basically his entire career, and uh, <laughs> I like Romeo Dubs actually as a deep sleeper, but that that's more yeah. of a deep league thing. I'm I'm right with you on all these takes and like Sammy Watkins. I even saw a blurb on NBC Sports Edge earlier. It was just like a little mini hype thing, and I'm like, fool me once, fool me twice. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not in on Sammy Watkins. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like, Alan Lazard will probably be the number one receiver. Um, Christian Watson may or may not have value depending on his ADP. Uh, but yeah, rookies can struggle. I think Tunyon is a guy that yeah, I'm I'm definitely with you on Tunyon. I have him at. Uh, I think I have him as a top yeah, I have him as a top ten tight end. So he's my tight end ten. ECR seventeen. I just I know he's coming off a torn ACL, but he tore it like back in like November. He's he's it, it's been a while. Or October yet, even, I think. Maybe right? October. Yeah. yeah. So like late October, yeah. Yeah. I mean twenty twenty, he was the I think tight let's see, tight end three. He had eleven touchdowns. So talking about a guy that Aaron Rodgers will trust. Now he only had five hundred and eighty six receiving yards that year on fifty two targets. So definitely better in a standard league, but I could see Tunyon having double-digit touchdowns again. I don't see why not. Yeah, so. he's he's kind of like on the periphery of my top twelve, so I'm not quite as high on him as you are. But um, but I certainly think like he's in the range for me with guys like Komet and uh, Irv Smith Jr., who's who I'll get to in a minute. Um, David and Joku, guys like that that I like. Um, so yeah, uh, let's move on to the Vikings while we're talking about Irv Smith because uh, you <laughs> know guy. he's my guy. <laughs> yeah, and I've had him uh, in Dynasty for you know his whole career so far. So I'm w- I'm waiting for the payoff here, and I think <laughs> this is the year we're going to get it. Um, I really like that the Vikings are uh, you know their new coaching staff, Kevin O'Connell. It's going to be a more uh, dynamic passing attack, um, and I think that's really good news for Irv Smith. It's really good news for Irv Smith that he doesn't have to deal with. Tyler Conklin or you know Kyle Rudolph or any of these <laughs> these yeah. uh 
value suckers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like they, they really don't have um, much else at tight end anymore besides Irv Smith. And, uh, you know, he's a he's a pass a catch first tight end. I mean, he's not I mean, he can block, but he's he's there to catch passes. You know what I mean? And um, he's the kind of tight end I like because he he's really athletic and he can make plays down the field. I think he's going to bring a really nice dynamic to this team. And, um, you know, Justin Jefferson obviously is the alpha in the passing game, but uh, Adam Th- Adam Thielen, I, you know, he's still he's still very good, but it seems like he showed some signs of slowing down a little bit last season, and I think that that could open up some more opportunities for Irv Smith as well. Yeah, I, I like your Irv Smith take. Um, I, I might have to consider you know bumping him up a little bit. You have to you have to look at guys. I mean, he's in his third year, and we used to talk about sort of third year breakouts all the time, right? Uh, whether it was usually with wide receivers, but if you look at tight ends who are you know, more pass-catching tight ends, uh, people want to see year two breakouts, right? And Because they seem to happen a lot more often now. But I think Irv Smith is prime for a year three breakout, you know? Especially with, like you mentioned, the receivers. And Kirk Cousins will lock in, you know? And he's Kirk Cousins, people give him a hard time. He's a solid quarterback. I don't know that he's ever going to win... Uh, the Vikings a Super Bowl. I think they've gone like sixty plus years without <laughs> a Super Bowl um, in Minnesota there, and I, I don't think Kirk is the guy who's going to bring it home. But for fantasy, like Justin Jefferson's a guy who, if you took Jeff- Justin Jefferson number one overall in a PPR league, I-, I would be like, that's that's fine, that's reasonable. And as far as Irv Smith, yeah, like there's not a whole lot of uh, guys there. Like Thielen is still okay. KJ Osborne has shown some flashes, but like, yeah, Irv Smith could be like. If Thielen gets hurt, Irv Smith could be the number two guy. Yeah, I'm pretty bullish on this whole offense, to be honest. I mean, I think Cousins. I agree. I think if you're if you're not drafting, if you're you're going to go late round quarterback, like pair someone like Cousins with like you know an upside guy like Trey Lance or something like that, and uh, I feel like you'll be in really good shape at quarterback. And um, I mean, if there's anyone I'm fading, it's Thielen, just because he is older, you know, and he's kind of had to rely on red zone opportunities to like maintain his fantasy value the last couple seasons. And I, I wonder how long that, I mean, he and he and cousins do have a great rapport, so that, that will help him. But I think he's a little bit of an injury risk as well. Um, so in addition to Irv, I do think KJ Osborne is kind of a, a, an interesting, like late round pick, like a flyer kind of a thing, because um, I just think this team we'll have to see, it's going to be a transition. So maybe they start out a little slow, but um you know, Dalvin Cook is still going to be amazing, uh, of course, but I do think they're going to be a little less uh, run heavy than they have been in past years. And once the offense gets in the flow, I think that could be a good thing for all these pass catchers. Well, I'll tell you what, that NFC North sure was the uh, that the tight ends, right? We we all like those, like pretty much all the tight ends right there. We didn't even talk about of, Hawkinson, but yeah, I mean, he's we didn't, probably the best one of the, of the group. <laughs> I know, and they're all kind of in that tight end 10 to 12 range, at least in our, in our ranking, so... If you're waiting on tight end, uh, just focus on the NFC North. Grab one of those guys. <laughs> Remember the North. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, NFC South. Uh, let's start with the Falcons. Um, so let's talk about Cordero Patterson. Uh, it sounds like there, there's been some noise that they might kind of start putting him back at wide receiver a little bit, but I'll kind of believe that when I see it. You know what I mean? I like. Yeah. I, they just they, they still don't have a lot at running back. I mean, I know they drafted Algier. But I mean that was a late pick, fifth round pick, I believe. Yeah, he was um, pretty late. Yes, and like I don't think he's a special <clears throat> talent or anything like that either. So um, 
you know, I, I know like coming out of the draft, people tend to get excited. And then they did bring in Damian Williams as well. But I mean, he's the definition of a Jag, right? So yeah, um, I, I kind of feel like, I don't know, this team is probably in a rebuild. So who knows what they're going to do. But if they actually <laughs> want to try to win games, I think handling, you know, giving Cordero Patterson the same kind of opportunities they did last year is probably their best path to scoring points this season, wouldn't you say? Yeah, they, they like you said they they need Cordero Patterson at at running back. I don't think they can really afford to move him over to wide receiver. And they drafted Drake London and brought in a couple guys like uh, Brian Edwards, um, uh, Auden Tate. So they they brought in a little bit of help at receiver. They kind of need Patterson to play running back. Um, but yeah, like we we both have Cordero Patterson as kind of like a borderline RB two, and the ECR is thirty six. So uh, I think right now the ECR is looking at that magical season of last year. They're kind of like. Yeah, he's not going to repeat that. Like, not even close, right? But, I mean, if he gets the volume, I mean, I don't know. Like, we're not ranking him as, like, a top 12 running back, but, like, 24, 25? Like, I think you got to go ahead and grab him. Yeah, I mean, he was 19th in uh, fantasy points per game in half PPR last season at running back. So, yeah, uh, I think we've already baked in a little bit of uh, (laughs) regression for him, you know? I I think so, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think he could be a great a great value, and he's a great value in dynasty, and perhaps as well for uh, win now teams. Um, you know, I think after him, you have Kyle Pitts, of course. Uh, who, um, where do you have him at, at tight end? Uh, let's see, I've got him. Well, we have him as our tight end four, um, and yeah, that's where I have him. My I guess I four. have him quite a bit higher than you, though. I have him thirty second overall. You've got him fifty seventh. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, like I said before, with tight ends, I want volume, you know, and I actually have him ahead of George Kittle uh, because I just worry a little bit. We'll, we'll talk about the 49ers, but I mean, Kittle, you know, had such a nice rapport with Garoppolo and I, we'll just have to see what it's like with Lance, whereas Pitts is just a unicorn, you know what I mean? I'm not even sure it matters who's throwing him the ball and uh <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I love the the upside with Pitts. I mean, it wouldn't be surprising to me if he just ended up being uh, the number one tight end. Although toppling Travis Kelsey might be a tall order. <laughs> and I think that's why he's like fifty seventh overall for me. I, I dropped him a little bit just because now you have Mariota there. You could see we could see Desmond Ritter get some starts this year. So no one really has that benefit of having the rapport uh, with the quarterback in Atlanta with Matt Ryan gone now. So um, I even like I like Olamide Zacchaeus. As uh, I have him about 50 spots higher than ECR right now, as far as wide receivers go. But again, he's not a guy you're drafting until like the last round. But like, honestly, everyone expects Drake London and Kyle Pitts to be like the top receivers, but it really could be Brian Edwards or Olamide Zacchaeus. I mean, to be honest, like, we don't really know who Marcus Mariota is going to like have an affinity towards. Um, you know, you expect those guys to be, they're more talented, but like, as far as getting targets and being values, I'm not saying draft Olamide Zacchaeus above Drake London. I'm just saying that they're, you know, at their ADP, you know, Zacchaeus could be a real value. Yeah, I'm I'm going to move Pitts down a little bit in my rankings, but uh, but I'm still not buying that. I mean, I, I think he's going to be a target magnet. Um, I, I Olamide Zacchaeus is not going <laughs> to factor into uh, whether whether Kyle Pitts has a big year or not. Mar- Marcus Mariota could, of course, but right. Um, that's yeah, that's kind of more I, what I'm saying. I guess I feel more comfortable with Pitts as a fourth-round pick than a third, so I'm going to move him down about five spots in my rankings to reflect that. All righty. Um, <laughs> anything else you want to talk about the uh, Falcons? I mean, do you think Drake London is like a redraft option, or is that more of a dynasty player? 
I mean, point. he's definitely a redraft option, but with with rookie rookie wide receivers, it's it's kind of hard to know. Like we have him, we have Drake London pretty much smack dab right at the number one uh, one hundred overall player. So definitely an option. I, I don't know if that where that matches up with his ADP or where his ADP will be in August, but I suspect his ADP will be higher because people get excited about rookies, especially rookies taken in like the top ten of the draft. So um, for redraft. I probably won't get much Drake London. Uh, I did get him in our dynasty league and happy about that. But for redraft, I don't think he'll be a very good value based on what his ADP likely will be. Yeah, I agree. And he was my favorite wide receiver in this, in this rookie class. I, I watching tape of him. I was like, he looks like Cooper cup. Uh, when he played against, I think it was, um, against, uh, Notre Dame. I was mm-hmm. just blown out of the water with what he looked like, but you know, like you said, rookie wide receiver uh, with Marcus Mariota and or Desmond Ritter throwing in the ball. I, <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm probably not gonna be <laughs> drafting Drake London in redraft. Yeah. Um, all right. So the Panthers now they're even more of a train wreck uh, <laughs> yes. than the Falcons are. Although they, at least they have Christian McCaffrey. Uh, <laughs> can he stay healthy this year? Uh, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, like. You have to draft CMC in the first round uh, just by principle, but you have to be worried about it now uh, a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, you know, if he stays healthy, he can be the number one overall player in fantasy. Um, but that's that's a key. Uh, and even then, honestly, this team's probably going to be pretty bad. Um, even on a bad team, you know, we've seen people, you know, running backs even, like, well, we I don't even know if we can really say we've seen a, a Christian McCaffrey uh, on a bad team uh, be a great running back. But anyway, um I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but <laughs> well, well, I was just thinking about like, yes, he's a first round pick. I guess the question is like how high in the first round he should go. Um, and I have him number three overall right now behind Jonathan Taylor and Derek Henry, but I can't say I feel like enormously confident about that. I just, I guess it, to me, it might come down to like um, what your league is like and what, what, what you how much faith you have in yourself as a fantasy manager because like (laughs) i kind of feel like you know in a lot of fantasy leagues it's like whoever has the guy that just destroys the league ends up winning you know and mccaffrey is one of the best bets in all football to be that guy i mean he's been that guy before multiple times you know so if you're going for if you're going bold or going home then he's your pick, you know what I mean? But if, like, you have a lot of faith in your own ability to make impactful waiver pickups during the season and to find good values in the middle rounds of your draft and uh, think that you can, you know, string together a a loaded team um, and want to, you know, rely on your depth a little more, then maybe you want to take a safer pick with your first pick. So um, I could see it either way, but... Uh, you know, that's a little more of a strategy I use in baseball than in football. I feel like in football, there's inherent risk <laughs> in this game. It's a violent game. Guys get hurt, and we don't know exactly who's going to get hurt any given year. I mean, is Christian McCaffrey that much more likely to get hurt than any other running back? I mean, a little bit more maybe, <laughs> but <laughs> it's been like a bunch of different injuries, and they've been kind of fluky and um, I know I just use the opposite argument against Saquon Barkley, but Saquon Barkley is not <laughs> nearly as good as Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah, I, to your to your point about like first round, I'm looking at him. I actually rank uh, McCaffrey sixth, and I could see lowering him as far as maybe eighth, and having the debate of McCaffrey versus a guy like Austin Eckler. I think you could look at those guys and say, okay, Eckler is in a high powered offense with Justin Herbert, one of the best fantasy QBs in the league. You know, as far as putting up numbers. 
and he's in, just going to be in more games, you know, winning games. Uh, Eckler's, I mean, both guys can score a lot of touchdowns. Chargers are more likely to be in <laughs> the position to score more touchdowns, right? So I think you could make a case for Eckler over McCaffrey, and I think that's about as far as I would go. Like, I don't know that I would draft Devontae Adams over McCaffrey no because way. it's like, you know, too many unknowns. And then you start talking about guys like Joe Mixon and Nick Chubb, and I'm kind of like, eh, Mixon's had his fair share of injuries as, as well. Chubb's not doesn't catch a lot of balls, so that's where I start. Like McCaffrey is around one guy, but I wouldn't drop him past like eight, I'd say. Yeah, and I I just kind of feel like if you can start your draft off with a bell cow running back, you kind of have to do it. So as much as I like Cooper Cup and Jeff, Justin Jefferson, I don't think I could really bring myself to draft those guys over McCaffrey. Like okay. Dalvin Cook, Eckler, I would consider those guys before the receivers personally. But yeah. That's why we have rankings, and that's why we're going to be talking about this for the next six months. So, well, real quick, up. With the, real quick with the Panthers, who do you think will start more games, Sam Darnold or Matt Corral this year? <sighs> I, I know I we think, don't really care that much for fantasy, but I just think curious. Corral. I think yeah. Corral will start more games because uh, they will be. I think they will be out of the playoff hunt relatively early. Um, so and they need to see what they have in him and they know Sam Darnold is not the solution I still think there's a decent chance that this team ends up with um a Baker Mayfield or a Jimmy Garoppolo before the start of the season though yeah that's true that would change things for sure and I I definitely wouldn't move uh, McCaffrey down uh more than I have him Uh, in fact I might move him up a spot or two to kind of where you have him if they had a Garoppolo yeah well it'd be great news for DJ Moore too because uh, you know either of these guys is not good news for dj Moore, but he is like mclaurin he'll he'll still yep. find a way to be a top 30 wide receiver it's just you'll see it and you'll be like oh it could be so much better if he just had a good quarterback <laughs> yep you said it <laughs> yeah all right how about the saints so uh you know there's this whole question of of kamara like is he gonna be suspended for how long we we'll we'll talk about that when we know more information but certainly if i was drafting a team now like I would, I would definitely want to draft Mark Ingram. I would want to get him on my roster. Uh, I feel like even if Kamara is suspended for a short amount of time or not at all, that uh, this is still typically – now, again, this is the post-Sean Payton era, so right. we don't know exactly how it's going to go. But usually the Saints you know, have been a team that supports two kind of interesting fantasy running backs. It hasn't been all Kamara. It's usually – whether it was Latavius Murray or Ingram, there's usually that kind of bigger guy that compliments Kamara. And uh, I think, you know, Tony Jones kind of flamed out and didn't do much. So it's pretty clear that Ingram's going to be that, that complimentary option. And he could get a few starts uh, depending on Kamara's status. So I, I like him as an undervalued uh, pick. Yeah, I like it too. And I'm, I'm kind of, of the, of the mindset of drafting guys like that, because it's like in fantasy football, like, if you don't win the first game, you can't win them all, you know? And I like to start off hot if I can, and that means sometimes drafting guys like Ingram, who's going to be filling in for a almost certainly suspended Kamara. Like, he's probably going to, even if he misses two games or four games, like you said, but he might miss six or eight. But let's say he only misses four. You know, that's a quarter of your fantasy season where you have potentially like a top 12 running back in Mark Ingram. Like, I, I know that Mark Ingram won't be a top 12 running back on the season, but he could be for the first three or four weeks. Like, there's a world where that's a possibility. So, I like piecing together uh, teams like that. And like, you may draft guys well ahead of Mark Ingram, 
but week one, you might be starting Mark Ingram. <laughs> like, that yeah. just might yeah. happen. And he also can be, like, an RB3 even when Kamara's back. So, like, he can help yeah, he you could. through bye weeks and things like that, you know? Yeah. Um, what about – so, you know I love Jameis Winston. You know, I'm I'm very excited about Jameis. I think he's going to have a great season. Uh, I, he's one of my favorite of the – if you if you go late round QB, I think he's right there for me with um, maybe right after uh, Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins. He would be my next favorite of these kind of – more established um, veteran quarterbacks um, who you could stream and uh, maybe compliment them with a Trey Lance or, a, you know, Trevor Lawrence or some kind of upside play like that. But I think I think he's going to be very good. I love the weapons that he has. I mean, it's so much better than, than last season. You know, last year – I talked about this on the Fantasy Pros Dynasty show. It's, you know, last year they had Winston play very conservatively, but – and back in Tampa Bay he was a gunslinger, but – I think he's shown he can do it all, and if he can just kind of find the the happy medium between those two styles of play, I think that could be perfect. And we need to see what happens with Michael Thomas. I mean, that's the endless drama. But the fact they brought in Jarvis Landry and and Chris Olave, I think he's going to have better weapons uh, this season than last, no matter what. Yeah, the latest blurb I saw on Michael Thomas that he's still not you know at minicamp or whatever is not great. Um, but yeah, like you said, he they they brought in some other guys, so. Personally, I want to see that gunslinger, uh, Jameis. I want to see that YOLO ball like we saw in Tampa. Uh, <laughs> you know, interceptions <laughs> I don't think be we'll damned. See that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know that we'll see it. But it, we, like you said, we are in the post Sean Payton era, so we could see a little bit uh, different offense. Um, we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's what I would like to see from a fantasy perspective because Jameis, I had him on a team that won a fantasy championship that year where he was, you know, getting he had some huge games with Tampa. So. I'm not expecting that, but I agree with you that he has that he has that upside. We've seen it. Yeah, well, I mean, I I do think he can make all the throws, as they say, you know. So <laughs> yeah, um, I, you know, as long as he's fully recovered from his uh, his ACL injury, um, I think he I think uh, he's got the weapons, he's got the ability, and he showed last year that he can make good decisions, you know. Because I'm I I still kind of feel like back in the Tampa days, like Bruce Arians was just like just drop back and throw. I don't care, just <laughs> throw the ball, you know. Um, so he kind of encouraged a little bit of rec- recklessness on Jameis's part, and I think now he's he's kind of learned the value of, of making smart decisions, and that's gonna that's gonna be a good thing for him. Yeah. Um, and it's early on Michael Thomas. I know it's just it's hard not to look at it without the the memory of the last two seasons. But um, if they want to be cautious with him and just get him ready in time for actual training camp, as long as he's actually practicing in training camp it will this will be a non-story but if he's still missing time then that's when you really have to panic i think agreed yeah all right so finally uh the buccaneers uh i mean you know chris godwin's the big question i suppose because he's working his way back from injury and antonio brown is long gone Uh, to me this all spells mike evans having a huge huge year and I'm very, very gung ho on on, on uh, Mike Evans this year. I think I have him as a top five, um, maybe even top four receiver this season. So I'm really buying in on uh, on Mike Evans. I have him. I have him fifth. I uh, at wide receiver. I I snuck Devonte Adams ahead of him reluctantly, but that to me they're neck and neck really. Yeah, it's not crazy. I hear that he has a pretty good quarterback throwing to him again. 
uh, there in Tampa. Uh, Thomas Brady, I think is yeah. his name. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he, he was like a late-round pick. Sixth round he pick. was a late-round pick <laughs> once upon a time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's it's definitely not crazy, you know, especially if Godwin is, like like you said, like if, if Godwin starts the year on the pup list, you know, Russell Gage is a guy to consider too. I mean, I, Russell Gage will get drafted anyway. Um, he's, he's interesting coming over for, from Atlanta, but like I was just talking about with Mark Ingram, like, I really do like this is something that probably like the casual fan or you know fantasy football player doesn't necessarily think about when they're drafting but like I'd like to look at those those early season injuries and now a lot of suspensions that happen due to off-field issues which we didn't really see 10 12 years ago. Um, those play a big uh, factor here and like I'll look at Russell Gage too as someone to draft late if if Godwin starts the year on the pup list. So for sure, for sure. And I also think that the Russell Gage, the fact that like he's the number 3 as opposed to Antonio Brown is such good news for Evans also though because I mean, True. Antonio Brown was not your typical number 3 <laughs> wide receiver, you know, he's not your right. typical human being, but I it was just it was a lot of competition for targets and now suddenly it's really not. And I Rob Gronkowski will by all measures, it sounds like he'll be back. Um, so that, that gives Brady another weapon. I'm still very high on Brady, uh, from a fantasy perspective as well. I, you know, he was, um, I, I, I can't remember exactly where he finished at quarterback last year. I'm going to look it up quick. He was but top five. Yeah. He sure. was number three <laughs> yeah. behind only Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. So I, yeah. you know, and he's still not really getting drafted that way. It's kind of funny that like Tom Brady could be underrated, but I mean, maybe he is because, like, people want the running quarterbacks, you know what I mean? And right now Tom Brady is the 12th quarterback off the board um, according to Fantasy Pros ADP, and uh, I think that's a pretty pretty great value. I'm sorry, to some, I'm sorry to some of the people who are throwing up in their mouths a little bit right now at the thought that Tom Brady could be underrated. <laughs> there's some people – there's a lot of Tom Brady haters out there. I know. Well, I went to who, Michigan with Tom Brady, so I'm not one of those people. Yeah. I'll, make, I'll make you throw up in your mouth even more. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, I become I become a Tom Brady fan. Like the older he gets and the older I get, like I, I love his social media presence. He's such like just like a dad now and has like these I don't know. Either either he's becoming uh funnier and more relatable or he just has like really good social media um management, which I'm sure he does, but it could be both. I think he's a, yeah, he seems like a pretty funny guy to me. Understated. Yeah. But um yeah, so what about the backfield there? I mean, uh, Leonard Fournette, it, you know, are we running it back here, or is Rashad White <laughs> going to be a, a little bit of a thorn in the side for, for Lenny? If uh, And also, are you concerned about Lenny being chunky? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not I'm not concerned <laughs> about any – I'm not concerned about Najee Harris being chunky uh, or even Len, Leonard Fournette. Of course, Fournette's a little bit older. Uh, Najee can probably lose it a little easier. But, no, these guys are all top athletes. And, yeah, guys often enter training camp – uh, a little chunky and then lose it in what two days <laughs> you know so when it's always just like it's like that one photo that makes him look bad you know what i mean and then it goes right. viral and everyone sees it and it's like yeah, we we all cannot look so great in one photo if it's taken <laughs> from the wrong angle let's be honest yeah that's right is the the wrong side of the iphone camera yeah so <laughs> yeah no um I'm, I'm 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 fine with uh, leonard fournette you know with rojo gone uh rashad white is going to have to prove himself you know, we've seen oftentimes rookies who, you know, can't pass protect and have a hard time getting on the field. And with Tom Brady, that, I mean, at his old age, like, no way is Rashad White going to see the field if he can't protect Tom Brady, right? So that's going to be a big hill to climb for any rookie. So, I mean, with Tom Brady especially, I think. So, yeah, I have a lot of faith in, in Leonard Fournette. With Ronald Jones gone, 
and not really worried about Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, we haven't really seen much out of him. Um, Giovanni Bernard's still there, but like he'll just be in there here and there. Uh, yeah, I like Fournette. Yeah, I do think they might take. Um, he might not get a lot of uh, passing down work. It, it might be. Uh, I think they'd like White to fill that role, but like you said, if he can't protect Brady, then it might be it might be <laughs> Gio Bernard filling that role. But um, it, you know, I'm not sure that he'll. You know, Fournette will be a, a true every down back, but. It doesn't really matter. I mean, he's going to handle the vast, vast majority of the rushing work, and it's going to be a super high-scoring offense again. So, to me, he's a no-brainer um, RB1. Yeah. Um, all right, NFC West. Well, uh, so, we'll start with the Cardinals. Uh, Zach Ertz just seems super underrated, right? I mean, he's yeah. just like <laughs> – he, he's uh, – you know, there was a while there where I was kind of done with Zach Ertz um, with, the, uh, with the Eagles, but – um, going to Arizona has given him a new lease on life. And uh, it's just, especially with DeAndre Hopkins missing early in the season, it seems to me like uh, Ertz could really eat. Yeah, that's that's kind of a perfect storm for him to to get a lot of uh, catches early on and, and probably just continue that momentum. I think they signed him to a three-year contract uh, even. So, yeah, Ertz is, I'm kind of surprised that he's not a, a little bit higher in ECR. And I think he's he's just like a rock-solid top 10 tight end. You mentioned Fournette as a RB1, and I think James Conner is in that right there in the conversation. Obviously, he had a great season last year, had tons of touchdowns. Chase Edmonds is gone. Like you mentioned, Hopkins isn't there for the first six weeks. So, you know, they may, they may rely on him even more, even earlier on in the season. Um, these, are, these are guys who will likely – I don't know what their ADP is offhand. Again, I don't really look at ADP right now, but in a month or two, I certainly will. Um, but, like, James Conner is a guy who could – he could be a round one pick. Um, he'll definitely go like in the round round two. Um, I would not let him slip past that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if he stays healthy all season, like it wouldn't surprise me if he finished as a top five running back or even top three. I mean, like if you look at what he did last season and you look at how this should be a pretty high scoring offense and um, just his ability. I mean, he can play on all three downs. You know, um, it's just uh, there's tons and tons of upside there so yeah i mean i agree i think he and fournette are both shaping up as potentially um very good values um yep i told you i was fading kyler a little bit compared to some of the other top qbs just because uh with with deandre hopkins suspended and then um just you know kind of the, the injuries that murray seems to take um i'm a little worried i you know, some people think he can just pick it up with Hollywood Brown, right, where he left off with Hopkins, and maybe that's true, but I, I don't know. I, I kind of, I've never fully been in a Hollywood, and uh, you know, I think he'll he'll have some blow up games, but I don't know uh, how consistent he's going to be this season. What do you think? As far as Kyler, yeah, well, and Marquise Brown too. Yeah, I mean, right. If you're talking about, but like, I, I think I have Kyler a little bit higher than you, and and maybe I need to. Maybe I need to reconsider it, you know, with the Hopkins news. Um, maybe I didn't kind of factor that in as much, but I guess I'm not too too worried about Kyler. Uh, I we'll see how the how he and uh, Hollywood Brown uh, start syncing up. We'll start seeing them them together and see some some highlights on Twitter and this and that. But um, yeah, even we already we just mentioned Ertz. Um, I, I I actually think that like Antoine Wesley looked fine at times last year. I, like he's a super deep, 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 deep. Like I'm not, but uh, would you, you take know. him over Rondell Moore? Uh, no, but like Rondell Moore, that's another guy. Like people got really excited about him last year. We've seen him. We saw him get a lot of like short passes and take them and run. Like I think we see a lot of spread offense 
I'm not worried about Kyler. I think it'll be a we t- we just got done talking about James Conner, but like ultimately, like especially like by midseason, I think that Kyler will be slinging it all over the place, and I think it'll be a pretty pass heavy offense. You so, think so? Hmm. yeah, I do. I mean, I've I never think. been a big I've never been a big believer in Kyler as a as a passer. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts gets so much criticism for his passing, and I'm not so sure that Kyler is really a better passer than Hurts. Well, and and you know, Kyler does have you know he's got some wheels himself. He didn't he didn't run as much as Hurts, um, but he he's he obviously has that good floor as well with his legs. Oh, absolutely. I'm, so. He's definitely a QB one for me. I just you know I think some people might even have him like as their you know top three type of a quarterback, and he's not there for me. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's talk about the Rams. Yeah. I, I mean, I've got Cam Akers as a top ten running back. I know, like, no one really expected to see him in the playoffs last year after that Achilles injury, but he came back. I mean, we saw Derrick Henry come back too in the playoffs, which it's just amazing to me. Like, I I went for a run the other day and my back hurts. And, like, I'm sitting here watching these guys come off of these serious injuries like mid season, and then somehow they are actually playing in the playoffs. But so I would I would fully expect Cam Akers to be you know fully healthy this year. And he he showed the ability to be like a top ten running back, so I like him a lot. He's ECR running back seventeen, and I just I, I like getting a guy who I think will be you know the the majority of a timeshare for you know the Super Bowl Super Bowl winners. So. Yeah, I mean I love the situation, and I did love the player, but those Achilles injuries are no joke. You know, I, I mean. It is nice that he was able to come back last year, but he, I mean, he was a shell of himself. Like he didn't look like the Cam Akers that he did pre-injury. So sure, you could say that's just because he came back in so little time. But we still need to see it. You know, that to me, yeah. that's the that's the question mark. I would have him ranked significantly higher if I had confidence that he's going to be the same player that he was pre-injury. So to me, that's the one the one question mark, and that's kind of why. I have him below guys like um, like Leonard Fournette and James Conner, Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, all the, all those kind of guys. Uh, I just I just need to see it, you know what I mean? Because uh, certainly he, you know, there's not a ton of competition for for touches in that backfield. I mean, Daryl Henderson is all right, but he also often is injured. He's injured right so, now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's uh, so is the rookie that they drafted. Uh, yeah, he broke his foot. He broke his foot, yeah. I mean, there's still a long time between now and the start of the season, though. So sure. um, I expect those guys to be back. I think Henderson's actually a smart stash because, you know, if Akers did get hurt again, um, then I think Henderson is one, one of the better handcuffs out there in fantasy um, just because of the upside of this offense. But, yeah, I don't know. Akers is kind of he's, – he's a tough case. I want to see it. Like, yeah. he's a guy that I feel like – training camp reports could make a big difference in how I have him ranked. You make a good point. I mean, like we're talking about a guy who we have like inside of our top 20 overall, right? So we're not saying that this guy, it's not like you have him ranked as like the number 40 player and I have him ranked as the number 20 or something. Like we're right there in pretty much the same ballpark. But like you said, when you're deciding between him and a Fournette or a James Conner in redraft, yeah, maybe you want to take the guys who look healthier, um, even if they are a little bit older. Like that doesn't matter. Those guys are still playing for good offenses as well. And Leonard exactly. Fournette was scoring a touchdown every game it seemed last year, yep. and so was James Conner. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the other hot button topic <clears throat> with the, the Rams is Allen Robinson. I've seen a lot of debate on social media about Allen Robinson. Whether you know, basically his metrics all like took a nosedive last season. Um, 
and he's 29 years old now. Um, but he was also playing for a tanking team and he had no motivation <laughs> to yep. play. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty much bullish on Allen Robinson. I just look at the fact that uh, the Rams, I mean, every single year they produce two really good fantasy receivers, you know, and uh, that was always Robert Woods. And I think Robinson can step seamlessly into that role and be a wide receiver too every single week. Um, I mean, I, I believe in the talent. He's a really talented player. He's just always dealt with bad quarterbacks, and now he's finally going to get a good one in Matthew Stafford. So uh, even though he's a little bit older and, you know, there's some metrics that suggest a little bit of decline, I, I think he's going to have a big bounce-back season and put up some really big numbers. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm happy for the guy. I'm happy for him. to Like, I was happy for Matt Stafford to get out of Detroit. No offense to Lions fans, but, you know, I, I like – and I'm liking that Allen Robinson is out of Chicago and is with, like – is with the Super Bowl, you know, winning team. And like we've seen him have over 150 targets four times in his career. And if he gets if he gets that that kind of volume, which I don't know if he will or if he won't in this offense, but like obviously Robert Woods is gone. We talked about him in the last episode. Um, you know, Van Jefferson is there, but Allen Robinson, I, I I've always liked him a lot. I've always rooted for him since he kind of came off that injury uh, when he went from Jacksonville to Chicago. And yeah, he, we really haven't seen it like a ton. He's had a couple thousand yard uh, seasons, but hasn't been great. I think he can, I think he could do that. And then some, like, I think we could see 1200 yards and double digit touchdowns. Like he could be a really good value. I think we both have him kind of around wide receiver 20 and ECR is more around wide wide receiver 30. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no offense to Robert Woods. He's a very good player, but on a pure like talent basis i i have always thought alan robinson was at another level so yeah um it's gonna be very interesting to see uh even though cooper cup of course will remain <laughs> the alpha <laughs> <Yeah>. dog <laughs> matthew stafford's best buddy but uh but yeah there's plenty to go around in, in mcveigh's offense maybe alan robinson will get invited to breakfast as well you know <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh so let's move over to the 49ers uh now I mean, by all accounts, this is Trey Lance's team now. It sounds like Jimmy G is not even really part of the team meetings and practices that are happening. He's just kind of yeah. been walled off from the organization. And uh, Shanahan said again recently that he'll probably get traded. Um, but, you know, Jimmy G has been coming off a serious shoulder surgery. So that's the reason he hasn't been traded yet. Um, he probably will be once he proves his health. But Again, like they don't see, like the 49ers don't take <laughs> bargain basement offers, you know, they'll just hold him if they <laughs> don't get a good offer. And then, then it becomes a little interesting because I still think Trey Lance starts the season as the QB, but he's going to need to win games to hold on to the job if, if Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster. And I mean, this is a team that's built to win now. And, you know, Trey Lance was, was a very inexperienced quarterback coming out of college. So, um, there's still a lot of, uh, I mean, from f- a fantasy perspective, I love him because of the rushing ability, but, um, you know, I don't think he's as locked into starting all season as say a Jalen Hurts is. Right. Well, you brought up Jalen Hurts and I was going to bring him up. Um, if Jimmy G say goes to the Panthers or something, uh, would you still have Hurts over, uh, Trey Lance? I mean, I assume you would, but like there's a discussion to be had there probably, right? Yeah, I, I think it would be a lot closer then. I think Lance, if, if Jimmy G's gone, I think Lance then becomes right on the borderline of that top 12 QB discussion. Yeah, I think I think I would, I mean, obviously I have Hurts a little lower anyway. I think if Jimmy G was gone, I would definitely consider putting Lance like around my QB 10 or 11. As he is right now, I think I've got him way down, but 
I don't even want to really discuss like where I have them versus you or anyone else because it's like I don't even know how to rank either of these guys right now until well, once we see you, it kind of shake out. You know? Yeah, I mean, once you get outside the top twelve QBs, then I think it's like like if 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 I'm drafting Trey Lance, it's out like he's going outside of the top twelve. So like I'll probably draft another quarterback with him just so that because yeah. I don't think I would want to start him in week one necessarily. You know, I'd rather start a Kirk Cousins or something like that. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, the other thing is I worry about what Trey Lance means for the pass catchers on this team. And one guy I'm really fading this season is Debo Samuel. Um, I just, uh, I mean, I was already kind of worried about Debo just because he doesn't want to be used the way he was used last year. And that was like a really effective usage for fantasy purposes. And so I, you know, as a pure pass catcher, if he's not going to get that rushing work, um, and those goal line carries and things like that. I think that could really hurt his fantasy value. And then you have a really inexperienced passer like Trey Lance come in as well. And that's kind of a double uh, hit on Debo. So uh, he's a guy I'm probably not going to have. I'm going to be fading him. And I do also, I think Ayuk is pretty much off the board if Trey Lance is the quarterback. and, (laughs) And Kittle is still a top five tight end, but it certainly hurts his upside as well. No, I think that's a good point just about if, if Lance is the week one star, like everyone uh, thinks, and I would agree with you. We both have Debo Samuel around 30th overall right now. And I think I would only move him down from there, honestly. Yep. And then I talked about this guy on the dynasty podcast, uh, Tyrion Davis price. I love this guy. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> by what his potential is. I want to invest in Shanahan running backs. And, uh, as much as I like Elijah Mitchell, I, I do think that usually there's two running backs in the rotation at any given time in San Francisco. And I think Davis price is a more physical compliment to Mitchell. So I think he's probably going to step into that secondary role. Now, nothing's guaranteed. This is the the 49ers and who knows, it could be Trey Sermon. It could be Jeff Wilson. (laughs) There's, there's other names, but if I had to say right now, I think it's going to be Mitchell and Davis price as a tandem. And I think that um, the value gap between them is not going to be as big in fantasy as it is in ADP. Can it be Trey Sermon, though? What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> it you probably know something cannot, I don't. But, well, the only thing I know is that it was clearly not him last year, so that's probably yeah. why it will be him. <laughs> yeah, right. No, you're right. I mean, I think like when you we talked, I think we talked about this a little bit in, in mentioning like Belichick and his his running back room, and maybe some others like certain ones. Um, you just sometimes you got to make sure you take a guy who's being drafted really late in ADP and just kind of see how it all shakes out. So you're probably not going to start uh, Tyrion Davis Price week one, but week four, like he could be Elijah Mitchell. Like you just don't know. So I mean, he was drafted in the third round. That's a pretty yeah. early pick, you know. So yeah, um, clearly they were. You know, Shanahan. I know he likes to collect running backs the way people collect baseball cards or something but you know i i still think like to use that kind of draft capital clearly he was not satisfied with the current running back room and i think you know sermon had an opportunity he just blew it you know i think davis price is gonna have an opportunity too and i'm not sure i don't have any reason to think he's gonna blow it the same way yeah i just mean like week one as in like uh if you were starting trey sermon week one last year you kind of blew it you were just hoping right like yeah. same same thing with him. Like I wouldn't start in week one because it's like you don't know. But hey, draft Mark Ingram as well, and you can start Mark Ingram week one and see how week one plays out for the Niners. And you might be starting this rookie week two. You never know. Yeah, well, and just based on ADP, I mean, Davis Price 
I mean, granted, it's really early, but right now he's like <laughs> RB sixty three in, in drafts. So, oh yeah, like yeah. I mean, like you're not gonna have to draft him as one of your your week one starters, but he could be a really impactful player. Yep. Uh, we'll wrap up with the Seahawks. Sad trombone. Womp, 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 womp. <laughs> uh, I, this team is gross to me. I mean, <laughs> they they still have – I mean, they have two good running backs in Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker. Uh, they have two good re- receivers in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but the quarterback situation really kills everything. I mean, I, I think Geno Smith would actually be better <laughs> than, than Drew Locke for – this team winning games uh, in terms of fantasy. I, I still think it would be better <laughs> honestly, <laughs> but um, I, either way, it's not going to be good for fantasy. I, um, I, I much prefer DK Metcalf over Tyler Lockett by like a lot. And I think ADP reflects that, but um, I just think Metcalf, it's kind of like what I was talking about before with AJ Brown. I just think that he's the kind of receiver that can go up and get the ball and it doesn't have to be that accurate you know what I mean like and he's just a freak of nature you know whereas Lockett I feel like he got a lot of mileage out of like his um his rapport with Russell Wilson I I really I really am gonna fade Lockett pretty severely but it seems like the market is as well yeah as far as the uh who's better for fantasy Drew Locke or Geno Smith I actually think that like Geno Smith might be better for the running backs because I think that Seattle might be in more games and be able he could be more of a game manager. Yeah. And and if there is a silver lining or something, if you want to look at the running backs, like you know Pete Carroll's going to want run, he's going to want to run the ball. He doesn't care if they're down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. He's probably going to be running the ball. So I I do like uh, I do like Walker ahead of Penny actually, mm-hmm. uh, and then we we kind of have them flipped, but we have them kind of our overall rankings are right next to each other. Uh, based on the average of our our two rankings there, but I think for if Drew Locke were to be the starter, I would actually like the receivers a little bit better uh, because I I just remember a couple years ago seeing Drew Locke at the end of the season, you know, having some big games with with like Sutton and I, I don't know like I think Drew Locke is sort of like that he has he has that feel of me from like Jameis from the in the Tampa years he kind of has that yellow ball in him too a little bit not that he's good I think Seattle will absolutely be losing those games. And they'll be trying to come from behind. But for fantasy, I could see that actually helping uh, Metcalf and even Lockett. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good point. I And I agree with that completely. I do wonder, though, about the running backs, no matter who is under center, just because I just don't see this team scoring a lot of points. You know, So I think that that's going to limit the the upside. And I do think it – I think it's going to be a committee between the two of them. I I'm sad because I'm a Chris Carson guy, and it sounds like he could just be done. There was a quote out today from Pete Carroll that was really hard to read. It, I know. I mean, it really sounds like it's pretty much over. Uh, and this is coming from Pete Carroll, Mr. Notorious Optimist. Yeah, <laughs> under he's Mr. All, Brightside. Yeah, exactly. If he's talking about it being hard, that it could be the end for Chris Carson, then I think that it looks like it really is going to be the end for Chris Carson. Um neck injuries are are no no joke um but i don't know i mean penny was awesome last season and uh you know i I, i'm not surprised they drafted a running back if carson is is you know done um but i'm not so sure that walker steps right in and jumps penny on the depth chart given i mean penny you know everyone thought penny was going to jump carson on the depth chart when he came (laughs) in and that didn't happen and he had to wait his turn in line and he now he's finally got it and did great. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, at least at the beginning of the season, I expect Penny to be the, the 
the number one guy and Walker the, the second guy, but uh, I think it's going to be a pretty even split, really, either way. And if the offense kind of sucks, then <laughs> <laughs> th- that might not translate to great fantasy numbers. Yeah, I think Penny's Penny's dealt with some of his injury, you know, injuries himself. But you're right; like when he was on the field, uh, he did perform well. So it'll be interesting to see like how that kind of plays out. Uh, I think it will be a committee, like we talked about. Like pretty much every running back at room is a committee. But yeah, I think Pete Carroll will like to run the ball. The team will be bad, but um, yeah, I, 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 why'd you have to bring up Chris Carson, man? We can't end on a on a sour note. We got to end on a high note. <laughs> well, we picked the we we picked to end on the Seahawks. So how Gosh, are we supposed to how are we supposed to end on a positive note with the Seahawks? It's a, that's a good it's kind point. of a mess. I mean, I don't know. They're not getting Jimmy G. I don't doesn't sound like they want Baker Mayfield. So hey, that would be a positive note for me. If they do get Baker Mayfield, I would be ecstatic <laughs> for my for my dynasty uh, share of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, but as far as those running backs, I'd probably just take whichever guy went later, or I might even, if they both fell a lot, I might just, like, if you had, like, if you were picking at the turn or something, I might just take both of them, because <laughs> it's yeah. really hard to know who's going to who's gonna be the top dog there, but um, but like I said, I, I just, I question the, the upside, but yeah. Anyway, enough enough with uh, the doldrums. It's you know we're talking football. We're talking football. That is happy enough for me. I it, I don't care if it's talking about you know even even injuries or any of that. It's still football. It's still great to be imagining week one here in June. Oh, yeah. And uh, so that that's my optimistic note. Yep, I love it too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that that will wrap it for today's show. Uh, thank you for listening. Do check out our AFC wrap, uh, check-ins as well if you didn't listen to that episode. Um, you can see our first uh, rankings, redraft rankings, up at rosrankings.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew underscore Seifter. And you can follow me on Twitter at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.